Blog Talk Radio. Tennis, Mr. Chuck Greasy! Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get in the game. And hello once again, this is Coach Chuck Creasy, and uh, folks, I'm glad to be back on the air, and you know what, I'm just glad to be here after that uh, hurricane we had down here in South Carolina, and I will not do that again. I hung in here with my family and uh, with all the dogs and the cats and the chickens and the rabbits and the things my children have. Uh, I was thinking, well, it's going to be easier to hang out here, and it's going to be a lot uh, in the long run. There's more danger on the road with all the thousands of people leaving and everything. So we have a very, very nice home that I'm very proud uh, after all these years to live in. And we decided we're going to stay put. <laughs> and let me tell you, I'm not going to do that one again. Uh, that was a hairy, scary time, if you know what I mean. And look, they when they downgraded the storm to like a number two or something, and I had never been through a hurricane. I grew up in Indiana. So we had tornadoes, and we'd hit the cellar a few times during my childhood, or at least once a few times. What the heck am I talking about? We'd hit the cellar about once a year anyway in the spring of the year. But uh, you people living out in the Midwest, you understand that one. But uh, hurricane, I had not been through one, and I'd heard everything. Hey, listen, people weathered on the beach. We're going to be fine. And... uh, you know, thank you to God, graces, we were fine, we made it, but man, oh man, I just had some uh, scary stuff watching those trees out in the backyard bend and uh, the wind coming through there and uh, just a lot of things we can't control, and, and that's the ultimate control, I've always said, is giving up control, and the ultimate control there is we really did have to give up control for about 18 hours and, and weather, but we're okay some of our neighbors got their houses smashed up, some with trees. We had four trees in our four houses in our neighborhood that got a tree on top of the roof or through the door, and it's just a powerful thing. So we are 
happy and, and glad that that is over. And I'm glad to be here. I'm sorry we weren't on last week, but no way with all the stuff coming coming down the pike. Wanted to talk to you, just give you a little heads up on uh, the program. This is American Tennis, and I'm Chuck Creasy. And this is our fifth year of American Tennis uh, Radio. And we, every week, we come to you at noon, and it's on uh, Yellow Ball, our We Coach Tennis Network. Thank you, J.P. Weber. For the uh, network, and thanks Jason Haynes, he was the originator of the UR Tennis Network, and you get three great programs every week, uh, or actually four, uh, Coach Weber, I don't know if he's been on lately, but we have Lisa Stone's Parenting Aces Tuesday at noon, and we have Coach John Denise's uh, Florida Connection every Thursday at 5.30 on this same network. So look at their programs, too. You can go to UR Tennis dot uh, com your tennis sorry your tennis radio dot com also go to chuckcreasy dot net k r i e s e chuckcreasy dot net is my website folks and um, I've got oh gosh I, I don't put up many blogs but I do have some of my writings I've got my books I've got my camps and those different things up there but I have every one of the American Tennis Radio program. So, uh, you know, just go to ChuckCreasy.net if you want to get on there. And if you want to get on the radio program here today and call in, I asked Coach Weber to call in. He's got some questions for junior players that he wanted to ask, but I told him just call area code 714-583-6853. And here at American Tennis Radio, we give you the straight, talk, no tap dancing, no window dressing, no him hawing around the real subjects. We say it the way it is, and daggone it, that's the greatest thing about this internet. There's some good things, bad things, and I've always said it's sort of like drinking water out of a fire hose. You don't know what's, where the diamonds or where the rhinestones are coming from, what to drink, what not to drink, but the best thing is you've got a lot of information, and you can discern it all by yourself, and um, I've got a good one today. I've got a great topic, and I, I want to get right to it here. Um, and uh, I don't. I think I'm gonna wait on a commercial a few minutes, but I, I wanted to start out by telling you, as a coach, you know, this is part of our instructional series that we can we've continued. Uh, but as a coach, I want to tell you, I believe wholeheartedly. As a coach, as a teacher, as a leader, I believe in posterity over prosperity. Now, you might say, what the heck? It's one of those philosophical uh, deals. And, and but, but, folks, I am motivated at this stage in my life because I do believe in my posterity. I want to do things, and I want to leave things that will go on after I'm dead and gone, and after my career is over, and it, it is really important that I am able to do those things, say those things, and uh, that that hopefully will be carried on by those students I have taught, by my associates, association of other coaches, my family. Is there anything more important than your posterity? It's more important than your prosperity. I definitely believe in my posterity over 
prosperity. And we're going to talk about that importance as we get into this three-tier mentoring program subject today. I also believe in the law of reciprocities as a coach. The law of reciprocities means that whatever you give, you will get back tenfold. It is a absolute law of the universe that whatever you give, you will get back tenfold. And then, no, it doesn't always come back in money, although sometimes it does. If you're generous with your money, if you follow what God has said and you, you know, they say give God the first 10%, then pay yourself the next 10%. It's not what you make, it's what you save. It's not what you make. Your first paycheck before you pay your bill should be to go to your savings account after you give the 10% to God. And, um, you know, the but the law of reciprocities means whatever you give, you'll get back tenfold. But that freedom of the way you think about your money and not hoarding it and uh, helping other people with it is a very, very important, very important law of the universe as well. Because what it does, it freezes up your mind to never be taken over by money or to be uh, someone who lives for the money. Now we need money. Look, I told a friend recently, I said, I don't, you know, it's I don't need a lot more money. I just don't want to lose the money I got. And, and it, you know, it's, you have to have a certain amount. And there has always been a saying that I went by, and I think this is one of my mom's loaded language, she used to say, always pray that, you know, Lord, please uh, never give me so little that I would steal, but never give me so much that I would turn from you. And there is a balance to that, you know, and and you, we, we need it as a commodity to buy things. And you know what? Money gives you freedom. Money gives you freedom. But you do not have freedom if you don't believe in the law of reciprocities, that what you give, you will get back. And that is the law of the universe. It, it, it does work. So I believe in posterity over prosperity, the law of reciprocities, but I also believe in the law of abundance, folks. I believe in the law of abundance. Now, I heard this on those Anthony Robbins uh, personal power tapes, probably 1988, 89. I remember I'd ride around and listen to these tapes. They're doggone good. Very, very good. He's that motivational specialist. Go to his stuff. Give him a little plug there. I got personal power. But he talked about the law of abundance. In other words, when you accomplish things, really realize, and the same thing with money, is that there's enough to go around for everybody. So you've got to get to the place where you do not hoard what you know, what you have, or the money that you have, or the experiences that you have. Now, and I'm going to set the table by saying it in tennis. This has been my unfortunate experience in that. And then there's a fortunate part of that. But my unfortunate experience has been that in tennis, people hoard their ideas a lot. It's almost like they want to not give away some type of a secret that they have for other people. And... Um, I used to say that I'll give away what I got. If the other guy will give me what he's got, I've got twice as much then. But here's the thing. If you give your ideas away, you know, a bad person is not going to use your ideas, first of all. Usually they're so self-consumed um, 
with their own stuff that they'll think, oh, I'm better than that. I know how to do better, so I'm not going to use their stupid idea. A lot of people, a bad person do that. A good person uses it, and then sometimes they'll give the credit back to you, and then it grows. Now, there are those people out there that will take your money. They'll steal your ideas. They'll steal your dreams, and we all have heard those nightmares, whether it was Tesla. Boy, wow, wow. And, uh, <laughs> you, not YouTube, but it's um, – Netflix had this special on Tesla, and that guy was really messed over by Westinghouse and by Thomas Edison, wasn't he? And uh, he didn't get the credit he deserved. And we've got those people out there, uh, and I think, wow, look at what happened to uh, the traitor, you know, the, 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 the Dagon traitor because of Fort Ticonderoga, the Benedict Arnold was the hero, and then the other guy, was it Gates, that got the credit for that? Somebody call in if they know their American history. But one of those guys, uh, Gates, or I hope I'm not misquoting mis, uh, that, but one of those other guys sort of hogged the credit for that, and then uh, Benedict Arnold turned into a Tory, turned into a traitor. And he ended up, wow, his name has gone down infamously as being a turncoat, a traitor. So anyhow, but folks, look, you, you can't – I really do believe these three laws of the universe set up our topic today about what we want to talk about. First of all, posterity or prosperity, law of reciprocity, then the law of abundance just says there's enough to go around for everybody. There's plenty of accomplishments, plenty of money, and if you can – do those you can it's what can and will set the table for you about the three-tier mentoring program i will be right back we're going to talk about three-tier mentoring and this is coach chuck creasy this is coach jp weber of the we coach tennis radio show in my 30 years' experience in coaching tennis, I've never seen a better tennis training situation for children than Coach Creasy's total tennis training camps. Chuck Creasy has coached them and trained them in every arena from juniors to collegiate to professional tennis, and over 15,000 children have improved their games at his summer tennis camps. Find out more at ChuckCreasy.net. That's ChuckCreasy.net. and be able to pat yourself on the back and run with it when it's going well. 
and allow yourself to feel good about achieving. And you know what? If you're a white-collar mentality, you better have a blue-collar work ethic because if you don't, you're not going to get the job done. Somebody's going to out-scrap you. That's just uh, the fact of life there, folks. But uh, anyhow, three-tier mentoring. Have you ever wondered with all of the window dressing mentoring programs we have out there? I, I don't care whatever you want to call them. Uh, you know, we've got government mentoring programs. We've got local mentoring program, mentoring, mentoring, mentoring. Have you ever wondered how they all flop and they all fall on their face or they all run out of gas and you wonder why they run out of gas, why they don't work. And it, it's, it's as simple as this. Listen to me now. Two tier mentoring programs will always fail. And the reason why is that the person who's the giver runs out of gas and gets tired of, and you listen, you, you do, you, you've got your nuns and your nurses and your teachers and your coaches and all of us who believe in the law of, you know, posterity and hoping that things will be carried down. But when you talk to a teacher these days or a nurse these days or people at who the control is being taken away by the government. The control is being taken away by the school system. Control is being just taken away from the individual and imparting their own viewpoints, their goodness, their lessons. They learn but from their mothers or their fathers. They lose motivation, and it grinds them down. I think the two-tier mentoring programs will not work because you just get worn out. The other thing is that the kids become like pigeons, uh, the, the the mentees. Those kids you mentor end up becoming like pigeons that peck your feet when they're not getting fed. And I have said many, many times that the tragedy of our society and the tragedy, tragedy of some of our leaders right now, even at the top, the very, very top, the tragedy and that daggone guy, the fact he could have made eagles out of millions and millions of people. Instead, we make our society, our government, top-down management, socialism, whatever you want to call it, our leaders now and our leader in charge right now, they've made, instead of eagles, they've made pigeons that peck your feet when they're not getting fed. And it's awful. And whenever you give things to people, that have not worked for them, it is always going to fall. We're not talking about a safety net program that helps a person out like in a hurricane down here, or you have people that are starving, or you have these situations, your safety net program. But the dependency of getting on getting things that you have not earned, now this could be with welfare, it could be with a participation trophy, it could be grades that you have not earned at school, Anytime you get something you have not worked for, there is no pride involved. And without the pride of the hard work and the sweat and the dirty hands and a clean soul, the dirty hands and a clean soul, anytime that doesn't happen, that becomes what have I said many, many times with the good, 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 bads, bad, goods, and bad, bads. That's a bad good. A participation trophy or something you haven't worked for is a bad good. It's a bad good. Now, a bad good does not turn into a good good or a 
good bad. It turns into a bad bad. Bad bad. So mentoring programs, two-tier mentoring programs break down and turn from bad goods into bad bad. Now they look good and you can take the pictures and oh my golly, do I have some good good uh stories here. I I got time for one. I'm gonna throw one in there, folks. So here I am, I'm working as a coach at my former school, uh, and uh, love the place, love the situation, but we had a uh, high, more visible sports team get in a little bit of trouble than ours, and uh, the word came down the pike from the higher-ups that our student-athletes were now going to start doing mentoring programs and do community service programs for our community and this was a window dressing effort to make things look good. So right away we get the word coming down <laughs> in a memo. Folks, this is 1990. Let's see, I'm trying to think of the freshman I had on the team at that time. 1998. 1998, I remember. So here we are, 1998 or 99, right in there. That's nearly 20 years ago already. So. All student-athletes will not do them these uh, mentoring and community service programs. So, good enough. Uh, yeah, I can see where this is coming from. This is damage control and window dressing to try to make it look like our students are so good. So, what did they have? Right away, they had pictures come out with, uh, you know, uh, co uh you know, Steve Smith, the pitcher on the, the pole vaulter or the tennis player. So, you know, hugging a tree with there his buddy mentor from the, you know, Helping Hands program uh, down the street. And they took a picture and they put it up, uh, you know, they put it up in this brochure. And they put together at the end of the year this whole brochure. And look, some of it's very, very good. And there were some good things. And, hey, by the way, Billy is a uh, uh, starting player, uh, Susie's, you know, telephone pal that they get to talk, you know, now and then. He'll help them with homework and stuff. Look, this is all good stuff. I'm not saying mentoring is not good. But two-tier mentoring breaks down. And when it's fake, it breaks down. There has to be more of a connection. So anyhow, with this, I saw where this thing was going. And uh, me and my little bit of a out-of-the-box thinking, I go, oh, wait a minute. We can do better than this. So I got our guys together, and I said, guys, many years ago, I saw a movie. And what the heck was that movie? It was a Jane Fonda movie. And no, it wasn't Jane Fonda. What was her name? Um Rock Hudson and somebody. It was a pay it back principle, but it's like pay it forward. It's like pay it forward principle. Uh, magnificent obsession. Okay, magnificent obsession. If you want to go back, look at the 40s and 50s, it was magnificent obsession. So you have a guy there, and I think it was Rock Hudson. He was the, sort of the playboy who he was responsible for being in Iraq in this um uh, this one lady uh, was blind, I think, and the, the husband got seriously hurt. And he was finally came to a place in his life was where he was distraught. And this um, old man 
was there sort of as a mentor, and he said, look, you can never truly be happy unless you lose the you learn the power of the magnificent obsession. And uh, the guy said, well, what's that? He says, you do kind things for other people, but they can never know the source or they can never know who did this for them. You have to keep it secret. So the movie was about that, how his life turned around and how he nurtured people and how he just, you know, it turned everything around. It's the pay it forward mentality. And um, with this, I got my guys together. I said, okay, guys, this was the movie. This is how it went. Look, let's all take an oath. You guys up for this. All right, let's take an oath to one time per day. You will do a, a uh, act of kindness for someone else, a secret act of kindness. It could be taking out the trash for your uh, roommate. It could be anything, sweep a floor that nobody knows about. But you cannot tell anybody about this. Guys go, oh, hey, wait a minute. They were into this a little bit. And I said, then one time a week, tell someone about the concept of doing a magnificent obsession for other people. So I wrote it up. I had the guys take an oath. We got up and said, uh, here at Clemson Tennis, we're going to do a magnificent obsession one every day of the week. And then we'll tell one person about the concept every, once a week. So this is going to be a meaningful, meaningful community service thing. However, there's one problem, right, with a magnificent obsession, isn't there? You can't tell anybody about it. So I wrote it up. I turned it in. I didn't get any backlash. However, at the end of the year, <laughs> the administrator who was who the administrator who was conducting this said, Coach Creasy, Coach Creasy, where are the pictures? And, of course, in my smarty-alec way, I go, there's no pictures with magnificent obsessions. And I showed the handout where I'd gotten it approved to do magnificent obsessions. And I said, there's no pictures. You've got to do it secretly. Oh, my golly, I got into trouble because I didn't have the window dressing. But I told him, I said, what hypocrisy. We're trying to get our kids to do things for other people and then we're having to get credit for this community service with the hoopla pictures, and we're going to get one of those awards that says community service highlights, and we're such giving people and all this, and what a bunch of crud. So any form of one-tier or two-tier mentoring programs or giving programs usually break down if they're done for the wrong reasons. And listen, folks, I grew up in parochial schools. God bless those nuns I had and the, the priests and the brothers of the Holy Cross that I that really were so grateful. I, I still think I've got to – I'm going to Knoxville over uh, in the next month or two. I'm going to try to run down my high school tennis coach, Brother Roland Driscoll. He, and I'm, I think he's still alive, and I've got to go find him um, – and, and see him, but I remember the giving of these people it was unbelievable how they would give and give and give in the law of their posterity, their law of reciprocities, and, and their belief in doing kind thing for others and a reward and in the, the peaceful, fruitful lives that they had in many, many other ways than prosperity, their posterity lives on. All two-tier programs will break down. Because 
It wears out the giver <laughs> without motivation, and the taker becomes nothing more than a pigeon. And then they start to peck your feet when they're not getting fed. So the answer is the three-tier mentoring program, and I've called this the Serve It Back program, and that's a little bit corny. Uh, we all know that, and, you know, we know that in tennis and in life, you've seen these T-shirts, that it's how you serve that makes all the difference. Yeah, absolutely, oh, absolutely, the giving to other people. But let me tell you how the three-tier programs work, and wouldn't this be great in tennis? And it worked great in tennis where I used to work, uh, at the training center before I came here up, up uh, the training center up the coast. I'm not allowed, I don't think, to give it a give it a plug. But at the training center I was at, we had a three-tier program, and it worked fantastic. Let me explain how it works, and then I'm hoping we'll get a call or two in. I know that Coach Weber was going to call in and things. So three-tier mentoring programs. Now, everyone – and this is you, this is me as a coach, it's you as a parent, it's you as a, uh, uh, you know, a teacher, as an insurance salesman, as a father, as a mother. We all need three things with, with our, our lives. We all need a teacher above us. We all need our peer group, and we all need students underneath us. That means every one of us. Now, listen to how this works. Um, and, again, I'll give the credit. I got the concept of this three-tier mentoring or serve-back program from Promise Keepers many years ago. I've, I've been to a few of their meetings back in the 90s. They were most fantastic weekends I've ever had in my life as a man was at a Promise Keepers meeting. I don't know if they're still working. They're still running. My golly, unbelievably powerful weekend. But they, they talked about three-tier mentoring. So everyone has a Paul. Everyone has a Barnabas. Everyone has a Timothy, if you want to go to the structure of, in, in biblical terms, in, in, to, in the structure of uh, the way Scripture is laid out. Paul was the teacher. Barnabas was the best buddy who traveled around with Paul, I believe. I mean, remember, they all went out in twos. They didn't go out in ones, but they went out in twos and threes to preach the gospel. But because by yourself, you're too weak. So everyone needs a Paul, a teacher. Everybody needs a Barnabas, a best buddy, a Barnabas. And then everyone needs to realize they are responsible, responsible for having a Timothy underneath them. Now, Timothy was the student. And here's why it works. If you're a Paul, now listen, you need to be a Paul to somebody else. So a uh, you might have, uh, okay, for example, myself. When I was uh, in Clemson, for example, I had an older gentleman, was about 75, and I used to say, Bud, I need you to sort of be a mentor for me. My next-door neighbor, Stan, Mr. Stan, uh <laughs> And he was my next-door neighbor, and I'd say, you know, Stan, I need to know what's coming around the corner the next 15 or 20 years. And these were my Pauls, my teachers. My father was this. My elderly friends were this. It could be a younger friend who was more proficient in their job. But I need someone teaching me then I need to be teaching someone else. Now, I've, 
of course, in, in the coaching, teaching profession, I, I believe that I have tried to influence in the right way thousands of kids who have come through my training center, also coaches. My most proud accomplishment is I think I've got 40-plus former players or coaches that have worked under me that have gone into the college coaching ranks, and I'm so proud to say that most of my players have stayed in the tennis industry, and I feel like my posterity is being passed on with those things that I tried to teach my students. So I have my Paul, and then I have my Timothy, who's under me. But the Barnabases, I got three buddies I call Barney. And my three Barneys, I'll call them on really tough situations. I'll say, what do you think on this? How would you advise me on this? And basically, here's the key. That Barney is the most important person. That Barnabas is the most important person in our lives. But we need to do this, folks. Folks, listen. We need to give them permission to tell us the truth, which means a disclosure level that we don't like to go to at most levels. And I always say this in coaching or in just relationships. We don't see ourselves. We only feel ourselves. So we always feel like we might be doing the right thing. But I will say to my Barneys, I need your eyes, man. I had a good friend when I was coaching at, at Clemson. I used to, we played them a conference school. And I used to say, listen, I need your eyes. Please hold me accountable to a higher standard here. Please hold me accountable to a high standard. I need your eyes to tell me the truth. So I, I used to call these guys Barneys. So I would have the Pauls, the older guys, trying to help me, and I'd go to anywhere I could. I remember old Coach Wilhelm who passed away at Clemson, and, boy, he was a mentor for so many coaches. But he, in his own gruff, tough way, I love the guy, he used to, uh, I used to go to him for advice all the time. And then on top of that, I, you know, I have had my students, and then we have also that peer group. So we, everyone has a teacher, everyone has a student, everyone has their peer group. With that teacher, we have, what do we have with that, if, with that teacher? When you're the teacher, you have the responsibility to do the right things to the person under you. With your peer group, you have accountability, but you must give them permission to hold you accountable to a higher standard. And I've had a couple buddies pin me against the wall over my life and just say, hey, buddy, you're doing the wrong things, Chuck. Come on, man, get your act together. And then uh, so the responsibility of teaching the accountability to your peer group and then learning and uh, humility, I guess I should say the humility to learn those things you don't need. No. So, um, anyhow, just very quickly, I'm going to answer your calls here in a second, so hold on the line there, folks, if you're listening. But a few more things here. This is quite important. So, where I used to work, we had a wonderful program. It was called Three-Tier Mentoring, our Serve It Back program. And what we tried to do, we got we had our top players, like eight top players, and I remember Dennis Kudla was in that group when he was a junior, and some of the kids, Mitchell Frank was one of the leaders, 
And we went in and we actually had a draft where they would pick a six, those 18-year-olds would pick a 16-year-old, then pick a 14-year-old, then pick a 12-year-old, then pick a 10-year-old. And actually the the player-to-player mentoring went that way. The top player had someone above them that would guide them, the head coach in charge of this. But then this 18-year-old mentored to the 16, the 16 mentored to the 14, 14 mentored to the 12, and so on and so on. Now, with that, again, each one of them had to re- uh, uh, they had the accessibility to learn and the humility to learn those things they didn't have, they could not learn very quickly. Then they had the responsibility to the person under them. Then they had the accountability to their peer group. So you get the peer group together, it became like a team. All the 14-year-olds would push all the other 14-year-olds, and then they, they would come together and they hold each other accountable. And this worked tremendously. Now, with that, we had coach-to-coach mentoring. We had player-to-player mentoring, and then we also had coach-to-player mentoring. And again, nobody cares what you know unless they know that you care. I cannot em- emphasize this enough that you have to get past cliches and facts. You've got to go to opinions, feelings, and needs in these mentoring programs. But this will take care, this will streamline your coaching faster than you could ever imagine. I've got a caller on the line, and I'm going to see if they want to come on the show here and talk a minute. Area code 813 American Tennis, would you like to come on the show today here? Definitely. It's Coach Jensen from Tampa. How are you? Hey, Coach. How are you doing? Great. I got a men's really, team really? over here doing very I got a men's team over here I've worked with for, for a couple of years. We listen to your show. It's during my planning period, but I would love to suck your cock on a tennis court in front of my boys. Is that possible? Can whoa, I maybe fondle your Wow, wow. Well, that that was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, that was probably, uh, that that is just unbelievable that somebody would come on the show. I'm sorry about that, folks. I want to try to see how we can edit that, that out there. You know, and uh, that, that was about the worst thing. <laughs> Woo! I, I don't know what to say. That's that's uh, beyond belief. Beyond belief. But anyhow, that uh, sort of blew my mind there. All right, folks, uh, let me get back to it here. I'm going to um, talk to you more here about the uh, mentoring program, and we're going to get back with it here, and I'm going to try to see if I can cut out cut out this that that part of the program. So, guys, um, uh, I want to go to a commercial here, and I'll be I'll be right back here. American Tennis.
This is Coach J.P. Weber of the We Coach Tennis Radio Show. In my 30 years' experience in coaching tennis, I've never seen a better tennis training situation for children than Coach Creasy's total tennis training camps. Chuck Creasy has coached them and trained them in every arena from juniors to collegiate to professional tennis, and over 15,000 children have improved their games at his summer tennis camps. Find out more at ChuckCreasy.net. That's ChuckCreasy.net. That'll be the program for today. I'm going to try to see if I can uh, get that first part in there. It was a good show. Um, And uh, I'm going to uh, see what I can do. And, uh, folks, I will see you next week or we'll do another show. Thank you very much for listening. And my apologies for that crank call in. Opinions stated by various contributors to the UR Tennis Network and its programming are not to be considered as endorsed by the UR Tennis Network.
Participants are encouraged to use their own discernments and draw their own conclusions. All information, products, and services offered by the UR Tennis Network are for personal use only. The UR Tennis Network does not confirm nor deny the validity or accuracy of information contained within the network. Any products or services provided for should be used solely for entertainment purposes. We emphasize the idea of keeping an open mind and not construing the products, services, or data as factual.